Welcome to the Watering Hole Football Podcast. Alrighty, welcome into another episode of the Watering Hole Football Podcast. This is a show where a couple dudes sit around and talk football like you would at your local watering hole. I'm your host, Dylan Lund, and with me, as always, is the senior scouting expert for the Flagstaff Flamingos, Colton Sorensen. I was actually released from that position. So. Why? Uh, No reason in particular. Okay. All right. So, we're going to get started again with our breakdowns of all the divisions in football. We are on to our third division, which is the... AFC South, and we're going to start it off with... No, before we do that, we're going to talk about Julio. All right, we can get into that. we we got to talk about Julio. Well, not just Julio. It is Julio in a mix with Shannon Sharp. Yeah, that's rough. It's... So I'd like to say first, I'm not going to like say for sure yet because I don't think it's been told, but... The the issue we're going to talk about is Shannon Sharp calling Julio live on television, and it kind of came out recently that Julio may not have known that he was live on television. That's bad. That is a problem. You, I, I do think that is actually illegal to record somebody and make, without their knowledge. Yeah, and make money off of that. So, and as Shannon Sharp, being a former player, an analyst now a guy that has relationships with all these guys, he may have just ruined that. He might have ruined his career. Yeah. Because like, if he if he can't be that guy that has, like, the connections with the players, like, are the players going to... Like, the, I guarantee players will not talk to him anymore. I wouldn't. Like, yeah, why would you? Like, that. that's bad. That's bad. That's That's a complete invasion of trust. Right. So, but I mean, before all that happened, um, even before the draft, it was kind of rumored that Julio kind of was maybe, well, the team was maybe looking to deal Julio, which I mean, I get it. Julio's getting up there in age. He's still great, but like, I don't know if they think they're in full rebuild mode. I can see why it would make sense for the team. I can see why it would make sense for Julio if he's the one that wanted out. But also, if they're in full rebuild mode, like why, why wouldn't they take a quarterback? Because they can't get out of Matt Ryan's contract right now. So what's the point of having a forty thousand dollar or forty million dollar quarterback sitting, backing up a guy? I get it. Like I, I don't think they should be in full rebuild mode. No, I. But also, I can see them trying to get value out of Julio if they think they're not going to win this year or next year? I mean, as of this recording, he's still an Atlanta Falcon. He doesn't want to be there, as he said to Shannon Sharp live on air. He's out of there. Yep. But from what I've seen, um, there there was like a first-round offer for Julio. We don't know who. It's just reported that somebody has a first rounder on the table for him. I would. Absolutely. 
Uh, maybe maybe it's Tennessee, a team that we're going to talk about in the division here. Yep, I have seen that. I have also seen that. Um, he's kind of narrowed down his two um, preferred destinations, and Tennessee is one of them, and I think New England was the other. Uh, I understand Tennessee. I'm not sure about New England. Yeah, I don't know about that one. It's kind of weird. Like but he, he said he wanted to win. But that doesn't I mean, seem like your best chance Patri- of winning. The Patriots are a winning culture. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, AJ Brown has been trying really, really hard to get Julio. I think it's hilarious. All AJ Dude, he Brown made a bunch pull- of videos. He's pulling out all the stops. It's great. So that that is actually my personal preferred destination for Julio. Like I want to see him in Tennessee, as it should be. That should be the preferred destination. Like I, I I like that a lot. Uh, that would be a pretty good replacement for Corey Davis, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be a slight upgrade. Yeah. So, well, we'll get, I think we'll get into that a little more later, maybe. Uh, for right now, let's jump into the Houston Texans. Do we have to? Yes, we do. We are breaking down every team. And this one... I don't want to. I don't want to either, but hey, we're going to do it. So let's start on a high note, or it should be a high note, it, which is draft selections. But this one, th- this team did bad, kind their, of. Their first pick kind of tells you where they think their franchise is going, and it's not in a good direction. So in the third round, which was their first pick, because they've traded everything for everybody and got garbage in return. Thanks, Bill O'Brien. He ruined that team. Uh, yeah, it's not just him, though. We'll, we'll, we won't talk about that. Um, they got Davis Mills, the quarterback out of Stanford, who, hey, dude has high, high upside. But also, we have no idea where his floor is because it it's so low you can't even see it. And didn't he start only 11 games? 11 games. I mean, he's got size, arm strength. Uh, he th- th- makes some th- crazy passes, but also he doesn't sometimes, and it, so it looks really not good. He was the, He's the Mitchell Trubisky of this year's draft class. I think that's a fair statement. It's just that Trubisky was taken second overall. Well, he was taken first overall for this team. Sure, in the so, third round. Hey, Davis Mills is the savior. Probably not. No. Um, also in the third round, they got a guy I actually do like, but they traded two high fourth round picks for him and moved up, which is a terrible value. They and- got wide receiver Nico Collins, who's a good player. But not, he was basically worth a second round, like an early second round pick is all the value that they gave up along with the pick that they used to get him. This, I don't understand why they did it. Especially for a team that is definitely rebuilding. Like they were really bad last year. They're like, probably you, going to be really bad this year. You can't give up, give away that many assets in order to go up and get a guy. Like you just kind of need. You just kind of need more darts to throw at the dartboard and hope a couple more 
a couple more hit. Yeah. I, I do think Nico Collins will be a solid NFL player, though. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. And I I think he is this year's Chase Claypool. He will be that type of um, kind of surprises people, does better than he was originally thought. And he's just that big athletic guy. Yeah, that, similar build. Yeah. So I, I don't think it was a bad pick, but for the value that for everything they gave up for it, it was not a good pick. Um, in the fifth round, they got Brevin Jordan, tight end. He plays like a big wide receiver. Uh, not a very good hands catcher. He like catches it with his body almost every time, and it's fr- really frustrating. But he's really good after the catch. Like The guy makes space after the catch. He plays like a wide receiver in his ability to make guys miss all the time. In the fifth round as well, they got Garrett Wallow. Garrett Wallow, sorry. He's a linebacker from TCU. He's undersized, but he reads reads holes in the running game like a running back. Like he will meet a running back in the hole every time because he sees where the blocking is going. He not great in pass coverage. Like he's always a step slow. He's just not there when he needs to be. But it's a fifth round pick, so I think the him having the trait of stopping the run is actually it's a fairly good pick. And then in the sixth round, they got Roy Lopez, a defensive tackle from Arizona. He's a pretty good run defender, and he he plays with want to. Like, this guy wants to hit. He wants to get to the ball. He wants to be really good. Just doesn't necessarily have the skills to follow it up yet. But, I don't know. At defensive tackle, I think all you need is effort, and you'll be on a team at some point. So that that is all their all of their draft picks. A team that is rebuilding got let me count them. 1 2 5 draft picks. That's not good. I don't think it's so. That's not good. I think they probably should have done a little bit more than that, but I mean, <sighs> just kind of looking through their depth chart, I I recognize the names of about four or five of their defensive starters. Yeah. I mean, their defense was horrible last year. They were the 30th ranked defense last year. That is not good. That's not good. That's not good. And I mean, on the, on offense, like they're like skill position wise, like they're not terrible. I mean, David Johnson isn't, isn't what he once was, but look at, look at the backup situation. They got Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. Like that's so that's they're, solid they're, yeah, running they're pretty, back. Group. Pretty deep at running back. Um I mean Brandon Cooks. I like Brandon Cooks. I think he's a pretty good receiver. Yeah, I th- I think their line is solid. I mean they gave up the world for Laramie Tunsil. You better hope that left tackles you know. Better hope that's solid. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh Max Sharping is good. Justin Britt at center is good. Titus Howard. Titus Howard uh, needs some time, maybe. Yeah. But Marcus Cannon, fine. It's just they're, they have one big hole currently. We don't know what's happening yet with Deshaun Watson, and it's it's really hard to, like, comment on it or kind of 
try to figure out where it's going. So I don't really want to comment necessarily on all the legal stuff that he's dealing with because nobody really knows anything. Nothing's really come out for probably a month now. So nobody really knows what's going to happen with him. We don't know if he's going to play, but I think people seem to forget that before all that started happening, he was demanding a trade. Yep. He does not want to play for the Texans anymore. But does this change that? Is kind of that that's kind of the thing that we have to figure out is does all this legal stuff then change this? Does he realize that he no longer has a market? So he's got to go back or he can't play football next year. I don't know. I mean on the bright side, they have four quarterbacks that should have potential as starters. Tyrod Taylor. I think he would be a solid starter for them. He'd be fine. Not great, but also not terrible. You have Davis Mills, who has the upside, but also who knows. But also, if they're going to be a horrendously bad team anyway, just throw Davis Mills in there because why not? I thought you were going to go with throw Jeff Driscoll in there. Well, I mean... You know, for as much as I like Jeff Driscoll, I like the unknown of Davis Mills a little better. I would agree with you. Most of the time, I would go for a veteran quarterback over a rookie. A better known quantity. But, I don't know, in that situation, I might also uh, go for Davis Mills. So, But, I mean, just kind of like looking at their first pick, like their first pick in the draft was probably like the eighth, ninth best quarterback and that was their first pick, and then also signing Tyrod Taylor. Like, I think the Texans don't think that they're going to have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that, like that's kind of how it seems. One way or another, I don't think they, I don't think that they think they're going to have him. Which, I, I don't know. Can you blame them at this point? No, but they, they did it to themselves though. Like oh, oh yeah they did. They definitely they had an opportunity to trade him before the legal stuff went down. Right. And they said they weren't going to. Which sure, that's up to them. He is under contract with that team, but he also does not want to play for your team. So right. you, you kind of got to And you and you can't force him to play if he doesn't want to play. Yeah, that's a, that's a human right thing. You, like he you, can just choose not to play. Yeah, that that is an option. So the Texans are in a tough spot, I think is what we're trying to get at here. They're they're looking like they're going to be another disappointing team to watch. Probably. Just, they're, just, they're probably just going to be no fun to watch. Yeah. So, hey. AFC South. <laughs> Off to a great start. So I think now, after all that, let's move on to a team that should be fairly good, I think. They they have they have a very a fairly talented roster in my opinion. They've had a fairly talented roster for like the last I don't know. I'd probably say decade. Last close, year their rec- to a decade. Last year their record wasn't terrible. So I mean and this year I think they have they got a better quarterback in Carson Wentz. We're we talking are, about the Colts. We are of by course the way. talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, we we missed that one in the beginning, but uh, they did get Carson Wentz, who I think gives more to their offense than Phillip Rivers in his, what, 17th year? As long as he's not broken. I'm not convinced that he isn't broken. 
I am convinced that Frank Reich was the guy that got the most out of him for previously, so I have to give him the benefit of the doubt at least. I, I think it's the best situation for him. Like, he went to the best spot possible. Yeah, and I, yeah. But I still don't, I, I don't trust that he is not just a broken quarterback. Well, I want you to know, in the draft, they they drafted a quarterback. So if he is broken, they can turn to th- this quarterback that we'll mention later because it's not worth stopping the pod right now. So <laughs> we're going to start with their first round pick in Quiddy Pay, defensive end, athletic freak. Uh, first of all, he played for Michigan, and they ran an odd defense to say the least. I could not follow what their defensive play was at any point ever. It was odd. He didn't have good production because they played him like a defensive tackle almost half the time. And he he's really athletic. He's long. He has the speed and the power to rush off the edge, and they used him inside for some reason. I mean, he... He dropped a lot. Like, there were, you know, all these mocks even, like, before the draft that, I mean, they were putting him close to the top 10. Like, you know, first pass rusher off the board. They they did also have, like, Quiddy Pay was supposed to be the guy that was the athletic freak at that position. And you have guys like uh, Jason Owe and guys like Jason Owe. And Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips did fine, but also Jason Owe, who blew people out of the water, and I think it kind of took the pizzazz away from Pay in a way. Like, everybody went, oh, he's not that athletic. But at 270 pounds, he ran like a 4.6 or a 4.5. Yeah, that's still pretty good. Like, <laughs> the dude is all upside, so... I mean, if he, if he turns out to be like the, you know, the top 10 pick that he should have been, that's a, that's a pretty pretty good steal at what 20 like 24 21 21 yeah i they i think they got good value yeah i I thought he was gonna go mid-teens so i that's yeah that's pretty good value in my opinion um in the second round they got deo odenabo a defensive end from vanderbilt he's big he's listed at Six foot five, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. Jeez. Um, he plays with a lot of power, and I think he has some three tech versatility. This is a guy where you actually want to use him inside as three tech, and like that he has value there. Quiddy pay, not at all. You want his speed and his pass rush ability off the edge. So they're clearly replacing somebody at defensive end and they're replacing it with two of the top picks in the draft. So, okay. In the fourth round, they got Kylan Granson. He's a tight end from SMU. A little bit short. He's good first step speed. Gets up, um, sets up routes really well. Drops some passes. Not a great blocker, just kind of a... He does some things well and some things not so well. But, I don't know, an athletic upside tight end. Kind of, he might play like a fullback role every now and again because he's like that 6'2", 245-ish. So, 
I don't know. He's fine. Um, and then the fifth round, they got Sean Davis, a safety. Um, he he's really smart. Like he he knows where he's gonna. Uh, he knows where the plays should be. Uh, he stands tall in the run game. Uh, willing tackler, and he packs a punch. I did see a few highlights. He was he was hitting some people. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of like actual game film on him that was available. So I'm going off some highlights, um, some all 22, but there, there's really not a whole lot there. So I I can't comment too much on him. And then we get to the quarterback. In the sixth round, they drafted Sam Ellinger out of Texas. He's athletic. He runs a lot. Fairly strong arm. Like he's got he's got a cannon, kind of. Questionable accuracy. Very questionable. And to say the least. He likes to stare at his wide receiver that he wants to throw to, which in the NFL usually does not turn out so well. Yeah, I don't like Sam Ellinger at all. I'm not a huge fan I, either. He's a running quarterback. He, he is a smaller version of Tim Tebow. Oh, come on. Cam Newton? You can't give him Cam Newton at least? No. Okay, fair. In the seventh round, I, I'm i not for sure on how to say this guy's name. It's Mike Strachan or Mike Strawn. I, I don't know how to say it properly, but he plays for Charleston. And watch some film on him. Big, fast, first step, and he he went up and got some balls, man. This guy was bigger than everybody that played, faster than everybody that played, except maybe their running back, who was really shifty. I really liked that guy. He, was, he looked pretty good. But I, his quarterback was so bad that it was really hard to that watch was, the film. That film was very hard to watch. Yeah. That's some some Division two. But he he is look, he's six foot five, and two hundred and twenty six pounds. That is for everybody out there. That's Mike Evans. That's his size. Yeah. So uh, did you say that he was a wide receiver? Oh, he's a wide receiver. In case I didn't say that, but yeah, he he had fun film, except for the quarterback couldn't quarterback hit him so bad. So I don't think that quarterback got drafted. Probably not. Okay. And then also in the seventh round, they got an offensive lineman finally, which a lot of people thought was one of their biggest needs. They, they're missing um, Smith, is it? Retired this year? Uh, Costanzo? Costanzo retired, yeah. yeah. Costanzo retired, so everybody thought they were going to take a tackle high in the draft, but clearly they didn't think it was as much of a need as everybody else did. Well, they signed Eric Fisher. After the draft. Right, but I mean, they so, they still replaced the tackle that they needed. Yeah, they f- they figured it out eventually, but I think everybody kind of thought that that's where they were going to head in the draft. But they got Will Freeze or Fries, not quite sure. Uh, offensive lineman from Penn State. He's got a good anchor. He's really smart with his hands. Like he keeps them inside. He's not going to get a lot of holding calls called on him. Um, he's got a little bit of tackle guard versatility. He's he's a solid Penn State offensive linemen where they're they're coached really well they're smart they're they're just going to be solid players so it's like drafting an offensive lineman from like iowa or wisconsin they'll just kind of be solid the big 10 builds them different man yeah some schools in the big 10 build some them different. schools but yeah they're i i think their depth chart looks really good 
They got Carson Wentz, who I can see if people don't believe in him. Like I'm nervous. Like I, that that's fair. I, I would say I'm nervous. I'm, I don't know it. I, I don't know. I I think it's fair. Like I don't think it's such a big deal. If I need people to. Are I need to see it. him. I need to see him get back to playing well. They also like, have Jacob Eason behind him, who I think he has some upside, like a big arm guy. Yeah. So I don't think it's completely barren in their quarterback room if Carson Wentz isn't very good. I mean, I think it would probably take a lot for them to go away from Carson Wentz. I I would assume so. Like sending a first round pick over for him. Yeah, I think no ma- I think probably almost no matter what, he's going to be their starter the whole year. If yeah. he plays poorly or I think injury might be well, a pretty big factor in that, knowing his uh, yeah, that is true. His history there, but their running back room, you got Jonathan Taylor, who kind of showed out at the end of the year when I they finally Jonathan started. Taylor. They finally started giving him the ball. The guy's so good. They got Marlon Mack that's coming back after he opted out last year, and they got Naheem Hines, one of the best third down running backs in the entire NFL. Like, yeah. Then you also have Jordan Wilkins, who played a lot of time last year in that yep. offense. Like it's a very deep running back room, and they rotate them around too. Like they they play all of them, and all of them contribute. Yeah, it's great for fantasy. Yeah, love yeah, it. love it. Don't draft Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> uh, their tight end room is it's a little weak. You have T.Y. Hilton coming back on a one year deal. Uh, Michael Pittman, I like. I like Michael Michael Pittman, um, big guy. Paris Campbell, who he was drafted in the first round. I mean, he hasn't done anything, but I think he's been injured like two out of his, like the first two years. How long has he been in the league? Three years now? Hold on. Maybe this will show up. Like, I think he was injured the first couple or at least part of every season. I don't know. the, The small, fast guys... They never quite live up to the bill. Yeah, it. Either you're really good at it, or you just kind of fade out of the league. That kind of seems like the the career arc for those short, speedy guys. Like you either get a Deshaun Jackson, or you get a, um, oh my god, I can't think of his name, John Ross. Yeah, like that. That's what you get. Yeah. They, they do have, like, Zach Paschal, who I think is fine. Uh, Desmond Patton, who has showed that he's uh, serviceable in spots. Um, but, yeah, that not, not a great wide receiver room, but I don't think it's going to be the the focal point of their offense necessarily. Well, so Even so, it's better than what he was dealing with in Philly. Oh, yeah. So By a wide margin, so... Their tight end room is fine. Like, they have Jack Doyle, who he's solid. He's usually pretty solid. Uh, Moelle Cox, who last year. He is year, huge. Yeah. He uh, is so big. Last year, they finally figured out that you can use big. Yeah, like throw it up in the air and have him jump and get it because he's tall. Yeah. Very tall. Absolutely. I think he's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, yeah, something like that. He's he, really big. He is a large human being. They did fix the left tackle spot, and you also have... Uh, you know, sitting right next to him, Quentin Nelson, who helps that t- spot no matter who's in there. Right. So their offensive line is still really good. Their defense should should be really good. You got yeah. Quiddy Pay now. Quiddy Pay next to DeForest Buckner. 
And then you got like Grover Stewart, Antoine Woods, um, Kamoko Torre is still there. Uh, Darius Leonard, Bobby Ogariki. They, they have guys there that are fine. You're bringing back Xavier Rhodes again. You got Julian Blackman coming back. And Xavier Rhodes played really well last season. He did. Yes, he did. After a couple poor seasons in Minnesota, he goes somewhere else. He's used a little differently. He he played well. They, they simplified the playbook, as he said. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they they all around should be a good team. Hold on. You forgot their best player and the greatest kicker of all time. Oh, man. Rodrigo Blankenship. Say him by his right name. It's Goggles. Right. So, if you listeners have not seen a picture of Rodrigo Blankenship... Do yourself a favor. Google him. You will not be disappointed. And if you if you don't feel like googling him, just think of a an eighth grader that got glasses recently and then put on a football helmet. That's what he looks like. But the glasses are like swimming goggles. Yeah, but it's, they're sick. They're sick. <laughs> he's he's great. I love Rodrigo Blankenship. So let's move on to the Jaguars. And this is going to be a team I think we'll probably spend a little more time on because they've had quite a bit of turnover this year. Yeah, I think they'll probably be the the most like different from last year to this year. Like the most different team in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. They got nine draft picks here. They have a lot of guys leaving. And then they also signed a bunch of free agents and lot. stuff. They had a lot of money. I think they had the. I think them and the Jets had the most money to, to spend. That that's a shock to me. The two worst teams having money because they didn't pay good players. That's that is shocking. Weird. So, but yeah, they. Hey, first overall pick in the draft, and by everyone's account, they did not screw it up. They took Trevor Lawrence, who is Trevor Lawrence. He should be good. He's big, strong arm, smart. He's got big game experience. He's a good runner, and he is the day one starter. Absolutely, without a question. Easy choice. I don't know, man. Gardner Minshew is... uh... He's fun. (laughs) Gardner Minshew is great. He is a lot of fun. I love watching him. They also got C.J. Bethard. And Jake Luton. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a odd. I'm gonna go with Gardner Minshew just because of I I like having the the baseline of experience. I I frankly like Trevor Lawrence better. Oh, okay. But in the sense of I think you can get Gardner Minshew to tell Trevor or Trevor Lawrence to put on some jorts, and then you got the experience <laughs> of Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Plus the talent of Trevor Lawrence. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence needs to grow a mustache. He, he was trying. Did was you, he? Did you see an interview? No. He was. He had an interview one time where the reporter thought she was on mute, and she said something about, "Wow, he really needs to shave that mustache." And it was oh, live no. broadcast. Wasn't wasn't that part like during the uh, like the um, the college football playoff? Yeah, probably. Like, like leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing something about that. Yeah, that was funny. So he tried. But I think he needs to grow the stash, and then him and Gardner Minshew can be, like, the best, like, 
tag team frat boy buddy quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, both, that'd be great. Both got the long hair. They got the long hair. One's, one's got the like really long flow, and right. then Gardner Minshew with the mullet going yep. on. Like, yeah, that, that I'm could in be, on that. That could be fun that. for team pictures. That's for sure. Uh, also in the first round, hey, they got Trevor Lawrence's uh, best friend and running back in college, Travis Etienne. He's real fast, really fast. That is the word of the day. Anytime you're talking about Travis Etienne, he's fast. He's got home run speed. He's a solid receiver. Not incredible, but he's solid. He's not very good once he gets hit. Yeah. I think that's an underrated facet that people kind of pass by because he does have that home run speed. They're just like, yeah, nobody's going to catch him. I'm going to be honest, I didn't like that pick. I didn't care for it either. I think they had other needs. I know there's been a lot of, especially in the recent years, a a lot of problems with, people taking running backs in the first round because you can get you can get value at running back pretty much anywhere in the draft there's good running backs all over the place you can get a speed guy you can get a power guy you can get a you know whatever flavor of running back you want there's a guy in the draft that you can get in the sixth or seventh round and put him in that role I do think Travis Etienne has a little bit more upside than most yeah, of those yeah, guys. Yeah. No, I get I get that. And but it's, I think the biggest thing was, hey, get some comfort around Trevor Lawrence and get his teammate in who he has some rapport with probably. Sure, but if you wanted to do that, like I feel like maybe in the you know maybe third ish like top of the third round, get a guy like Amari Rogers, his one of his receivers, I think that would have been a little better for him. Maybe. Because, I mean, they still have, like, James Robinson killed it last year. He was great. And then uh, after, um, after that, though, they only have, like, Carlos Hyde and Dario Denebo. Or Ogumbawali. Nailed it. But at the same time, like, I mean, that's kind of my point. Like, James Robinson was a pro bowler last year, wasn't he? You know? I don't think so. I think he probably should have been. But, I mean, he... He did very well, and he was undrafted. Yep. Like, that's my point. Like, you can get a guy with value that has skill either late in the rounds or undrafted, you know. I, I don't know. I think it was more of the them being roommates thing than them, like, Travis Etienne being the right pick there, in, in my opinion. But, but that's not necessarily – I don't know. Like – I don't feel like that's good for the franchise. Like, it's good maybe, for Trevor Lawrence. Maybe not, but Trevor Lawrence is the franchise. So that, I mean, you got to look at it that way. I don't know. I I didn't like the pick. Hey. Especially Ir- since they came out and said that Travis Etienne is going to be a third down back. I think that's bullshit. I hope so, because but. they spent the fucking 25th, round pick, or 25th overall pick on him. Yeah. Um, they did do a smart thing and got a position that they really needed in the second round. But... The the player is just, I don't know, it's not inspiring to me. They got Tyson Campbell. He's tall, thin, very fast. Um, He's not really great at changing directions. What does he play? Corner. Okay. Sorry. Um, I thought I said that, but I might not have. Um, He's really good at limiting yards after the catch. Like, he's a solid tackler, and he seems to stay in front of the guys. Um, He, he just has some, he struggles a little bit. Uh, when he's trying to break on the ball, just just the change of direction is kind of it. 
he struggles with that a little bit. He is a former five-star player, and he very, very fast, very fast. So I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to have to play right away. No, not necessarily. I mean, they got C.J. Henderson, who they drafted last year yep. in the first round, and then they also signed Shaquille Griffin, who's been a solid corner in Seattle for a while. They also have Sidney Jones, who I think will probably start over him, and probably Trey Herndon, maybe, with with the experience that Trey Herndon has. So yeah. I don't think they'll need him right away, but I don't know. It seems like they they had enough corners, but they're going for upside here. They're sure. going for that possible other shutdown corner next to C.J. Henderson. Um, also in the second round, they took Walker Little, who has amazing film. Like, he was my number one player in this entire draft at offensive tackle. He, fantastic. And then he tore his knee up, and he opted out in 2020. So he has one really, really good year on film, and then two years of not playing football. So... A lot of people thought he would go way later in the draft, but I think his talent does warrant him being a probably a first overall pick. But I feel like with not playing that long, like people just forgot about him. Maybe. I, I I'm a big fan. I, I really liked him, but that might have been a little bit high based on kind of the consensus rankings. Like if everybody else was kind of passing him by a little bit, maybe he could have waited. But at the same time, like if you know, if you if you believe that you that he can be the guy that um that he was on film, even a couple years removed and you know, the knee injury and all that, they had enough picks, they had enough, you know, decently high picks where I don't think it was necessarily a bad you know. I don't think he's gonna have to start right away. They still have Cam Robinson, they got Juwan Taylor, so their tackle spots are pretty much they're pretty much, you know, anchored down. I mean, at on the depth chart, he's he's third on the depth chart. So I think he's going to get a little time to... Which ESPN might be dropping him because he hasn't played in a couple of years. That might be sure how, how they're doing it. But I don't know. I really, I really like that pick. And then they followed it up with another pick that I think they needed. Um, Andre Sisco, who's a safety... He is the best ball hawk in this class, and he athletic. He's got the size. Struggles with tackling, kind of a safety thing. Like when you're that ball hawk, a lot of times you're missing that other aspect of it. So that is why he's a third rounder and not a first rounder. But I don't know. They – they need production on defense, and he's a guy that can get you some production on defense. So, um, in the fourth round, they got Jay Tufele, defensive tackle, who's a solid run defender, plays with good technique, not great with his hands, doesn't have the punch that you'd really want, and he's not a great pass rusher, but he's a solid rotational defensive tackle. Also in the fourth round, they got defensive end Jordan Smith, who's big and athletic he plays with incredible energy but he needs some more strength for the nfl game but he's kind of one of those upside guys like you're throwing a dart at just 
a freak of nature. He's like six foot. Hold on. Let me find it. He's six foot six, 264 pounds. Like that. He is a premier size to play the position, but he played for UAB. So he's not playing against great competition and stuff like that. So you're just kind of taking a dart throw at the athlete. Um, in the fifth round, they got Luke Farrell, a tight end, who not a great pass catcher, but he's gonna he's gonna do just fine blocking. So I don't know. I think that's kind of a hey, find the best guy at something available right now and just go get him. And then in the sixth round, they got a wide receiver named Jalen Camp, who's he's got some size. He's like six two two twenty, I think. Yeah, six foot two, two twenty. Um, he's got good hands. He creates really good vertical separation, and he just seems to know how to find space. He also seemed like he was the only guy that caught passes on that offense in college. So maybe his numbers were a little inflated and stuff like that. But what did he have? Really good numbers. He had okay numbers. Okay. He was just a guy that I think he he was the only player on the team that was good at that. He did come from Georgia Tech, who they've just kind of now started running an actual offense. Yeah, up until recently, they were running the triple option. Yeah, they were doing some wishbone stuff. Like yeah. It, it was a really weird offense. So I think they're kind of just just now morphing into being an actual offense in college football. So, yeah, he he's fine. Their, their depth chart has... Like we said earlier, a lot of turnover on it, except on the offensive line where they brought back everyone, I believe. I think so, yeah. And their offensive line was not bad. I think it's that, not terrible. That's probably going to be the strength of their team this year. It's just being solid, not screwing it up. I mean, as far as offensive line goes, like you just want your team to be average. Just if you can be average, the rest the rest of the talent will kind of will kind of take over. And I, I think they're average. I think that's pretty much how I would rank them is 15. Yeah. Throw them in at average. They got some talent. They got real talent at wide receiver and DJ Chark, I think. And they signed Marvin Jones. Signed Marvin Jones. And I really like LaVisca Chenault. That dude is an animal. He's a weapon. Yeah. He is a weapon. But he can run routes. He's not just one of those, like, guys that you got to get him on the jet sweeps or you got to get him on, you know, these little kind of more more trickery type plays like he can actually run routes and beat you as a receiver too yeah absolutely i also really like colin johnson um he's a guy that not many people have heard about i don't think he's he's gonna be a backup this year but he finally got some run at the end of the season last year six foot six like 220 he was just a strong-handed wide receiver at the university of texas that I don't know. He kind of fell by the wayside, and I'm not sure why. But, yeah, he should be a solid weapon for them, I I believe. Their tight end room is suspect, to say the least. They got Chris Manhurts and James O'Shaughnessy. O'Shag Hennessy. O'Shag Hennessy, sorry. Um, they got their rookie, Luke Farrell, and then a quarterback in Tim Tebow. Oh, yeah, they signed Tim Tebow. He's looking jacked, dude. He's jacked, yeah, but he's still like 34 years old, 36. He's old. Hey, let the man live he's his dreams. Old. If if the team wants to sign him, let him have it. 
Everybody's talking no. about no. Well, they shouldn't have signed him. This they is, shouldn't have. This is stupid. Ah, screw it. Just let him be a camp body and let him get out of there. That's fine. Their defense is a work in progress. Yeah, I think this is probably the start of the rebuild of that defense. Do Do you have their numbers from last year by chance? Their actual numbers or like just where they ranked on defense? Yeah, so they were the thirty uh, first worst defense. Oh, so that's not good. That's not good. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, they should. They'll probably be around there again if I had to guess. Yeah, I think there's there's. We'll see what Urban Meyer, who new coach by the way, they they got Urban Meyer as their head coach. Urban Meyer brought in all his people. We'll see how it works from being a you know longtime college coach to the NFL. Like teams have done it before. Some coaches have had a bit bit of success. Some a lot of coaches haven't. So we'll have to kind of see how, like, what kind of system he implements and yep. how he wants his team to play and all that stuff. All I know is in their system at Florida, for sure, they were DBU for a reason, and that's because they always had top defense or top defensive backs. And I think in the draft they took Tyson Campbell with a pretty high pick, and that kind of shows. He, that, he's building the kind of defense that he wants. Yeah, he's kind of working his way towards being like a Florida where they were a, a stalwart on defense back in the day. So, hey, we'll we'll see. But he it shows so far that he's really trying to mold the defense into what he wants before he starts building the defense. With still some pieces on there, because Josh Allen is a pretty good pass rusher. You still got Miles Jack. Joe Schobert is fine. Caleb on chase on is Fine. Clevion? Clevion? I don't know how you say it. I don't either. Calevon? That's probably right. I don't know. Um, yeah, and then, I don't know. You got good defensive backs, so. Also, their their special teams are solid, by the way. They got Josh Lambeau and Aldrich Rosas at in a kicker competition. That's pretty solid kicker competition. And then Logan Cook, who he's a pretty good punter. So, yeah. That's something to look forward to, I guess. That is the first time we've talked about a kicker and a punter. Well, Except for Rodrigo Blankenship, yeah, because you have man. to, because he's the best ever. Not true. I would just like to state, hey, the best kicker of all time just retired. Anna Vinatieri, good on you. You had a fantastic career. He was 47. <laughs> yeah. His best season ever was when he was 42. He was kicking before I was born. Yeah. In the NFL, by the way, before I was given life on this earth. Yeah. So that's amazing. Anyway, back to who else did they take? Where where, where were we at in their draft picks? That's all of them. That was all of them? That's all their draft picks. All nine of them. I thought we had more. Nope. I don't know. I, I feel like this team is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. I, it could I have a feeling so maybe not this first year but once things kind of start to take shape a little more I think it's either going to work really really well and be really really good or it's going to be way worse than everybody thinks like I don't think they're going to be really that average ever I think they might just either be really good or really bad you're saying this is going to this is an F-18. Is that like the jet? 
F-15. I don't know. It's one of the, the Air Force jets. It's either okay. going to take off and speed away at the speed of sound or it's going to... Crash and burn. Yeah, it's going to come off of the boat and just land in the water and go bloop. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't, I don't know what Urban Meyer is going to bring to, you know, as the coach. I'm not sure if anybody knows at this point. Because, I mean, he's, he's in control of the team. Yep. Like, that's his team. And he's going to do it how he wants. And Here's the question. Do they make their way to London eventually? Do they become the London Jaguars? That would be such a pain in the ass for the rest of the league. Yep. That would be awful. And for them. And for them. That is the worst travel of all time. Would would the the players live in England then? At least for the NFL season, probably. Like, well, but half of the weeks they got to fly back to the states anyway. I think if if you're doing that at that point, you got to do like a home stand and then an away stand where you're not flying back and forth every week. You're doing four games here and then four games here. And that would also be awful. Oh yeah, that's terrible. No, I don't. I le- I think the idea is fun, but like logistically, it'd be a nightmare. They might have to do it like the NHL has done it this year, where you kind of have separate divisions and you play amongst the divisions. And I don't think that'll ever happen in football unless no. something chaotic happens. But at the same time, who else is going to be in their division? I don't know. You got to move three other teams over there. Move three. Move all four teams. Yeah. To England. And then just play amongst yourselves. There you go. That's the that's the only way I see it working, but no, I I don't think I don't think they'll move, I don't think they'll move to London. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. I don't want them to. I don't think they t- should move from Jacksonville either. Do you see the Jacksonville fans out there? They love that team. All three of them. Um, they got hundreds. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And they love that team. To be fair, it's hard to be a fan of a team that's been bad for a long time. They had one good year. They did have one good year. Blake Bortles almost took him to a Super Bowl. Calais Campbell almost took him to a Super Bowl. Hey, man, Blake was balling. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that one. They put up almost 50 on the Steelers. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm still not a fan. I didn't say I was a fan. I'm that just was... saying Blake almost took them to a Super Bowl. How many defensive touchdowns were in that 50, though? I think there's two of them. So then he put up thirty. <laughs> Still, with suspect, we're not um, we're not gonna give Blake Bortles any more runtime on the podcast. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna move on to the Tennessee Titans, who hey, they got Derrick Henry, and it kind of makes them a boring team because the games go really fast. Unless you love Derrick Henry, I I love Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is. He is so fascinating to watch. Yeah. He's this this massive human being that can run faster than everybody. He yep. can throw grown-ass men to the floor like they're just a napkin on his shoulder. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's he, wonderful. He is a special type of human being that only comes around once in a lifetime. And when we do our stats podcast, we'll be looking into his high school football stats because they are... A wild. But let's get into the draft where they took at 22nd pick in the draft, Caleb Farley, who probably a top five player in the entire draft class, but he's also had two back surgeries. 
nope. in See, two years. About that, it was, I think it was one injury, and like the one part of it was bothering him, so they fixed it. And then from the same injury, the other side or whatever got a little aggravated, so they fixed that one. So it, it was only one injury. It still is two back surgeries. Though. I understand so that. That is, I'm just, I'm just stating why he was here in the draft. But that, also, from what I understood, they were fairly minor surgeries. Yeah, i I still, I still love him. I, I still think it was a great pick. First of all, can we just say uh, the GPS stats are a fantastic thing? Learning how fast these guys are running. He is the only player in all football of any type to put up a 24 in the top speed on the football field. And, like, everybody else is .5 away from him for miles per hour. That At at cornerback, you're chasing down everybody at that speed. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. That's He is also a former wide receiver. I was going to say, why didn't he play wide receiver then? He did. And then in college, they switched him, and he became the best cornerback in college by a long shot. So he's only played the position for two years at cornerback. Before that, he was a wide receiver. But he was just an incredible athlete, so he can just do it. Yeah. He he will be, if he reaches his potential, he will be a top three corner in the NFL. He'll be like your Marshawn Lattimore when he was top of the game. He'll be your Jalen Ramsey. Your Darrell Revis. Prime Darrell Revis, probably. But, yeah, he he has that type of ability to play the game of football. And you can probably put him at wide receiver right now and, I don't know, get a 100-yard game. Just tell him to run a go route. Yeah, like, huh? that that's a that is an athlete right there. You are taking an athlete. And then in the second round, they got a winner, just a winner. He has never lost in his high school career. He has never lost in his college football career. Dylan Radden's tackle from North Dakota State, who, hey, when you win, you win, man. There's there's something about it. If, if he ends up not losing for the rest of his career, he was the greatest draft pick of all time. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. Because, like, hey, until he loses, he is the greatest winner of all time. He's never lost. Like, he's perfect. As soon as he stepped on a high school football field, he's been perfect all his life. And, hey, he's actually a pretty good football player, too. He's a long guy. Uh, He's got great tape all around, but it's at a lower level like it is. North Dakota State playing against people that aren't North Dakota State. So you got to knock him a little bit for that. Yeah, that that's probably why he's a second round pick. But he should be a, a solid project guy. Like you bring him up, and if he if he can continue doing what he was doing in the NFL, he should. Huh? He's solid starter for plenty of years down the road. In the third round, they get a linebacker, uh, Monty Rice. I think he's a pretty solid linebacker all around. I also I have him ranked higher than a lot of draft places that have him ranked. I think he's really strong um, tackling in the run game. Not necessarily great against the pass, but I don't think he's a liability necessarily. 
So he's, he's good at one thing, and that's stopping the run and keeping plays in front of him, and that's valuable in the NFL. So... Well, and they needed help on their defense. Yeah, their defense is not good. It was the 28th ranked defense in the league last year. That's not good. Well, they helped themselves even more. Do you have passing defense numbers by any chance? Um, I can get that. Okay. Well, while he's getting that, I'm going to jump to the next guy. In the third round, they also got Elijah Molden, who is a cornerback. He's going to be a slot corner in the NFL. There's There's no way he plays outside. He's... He just doesn't have the the size or he he doesn't have the experience playing outside. I don't think he's ever played a snap on the outside in college football. But hey, he plays the slot and he plays it well. And that they do they did not have good coverage last year at all, I don't think. So you want some uh passing defense stats? I do, yeah. So they gave up a total of 4,439 yards for a total of 277 yards per game. That's not great. That's not good. Yeah. So I can see why they're spending early picks on their defense and at the defensive back positions specifically. So, yeah, they, they, they got to get better in that sense. They did have a good offense, though, didn't they? Yeah, it was number three. Jeez, they're that, very efficient. That is better than I thought it was. And it'll be even better with Julio. And Des Fitzpatrick, their next pick in the draft, who also wide receiver. Great transition. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. And that's I'm an all-time great <laughs> at this point. <laughs> hey, just like Julio, by the way, making another transition, Des Fitzpatrick is big. He's tall. He's got good hands. He's got good speed like it's fine speed runs fairly good routes uh like julio actually he is really good at catching the deep ball like he tracks it well he's got really good body control he actually reminds me a lot of um adam thielen the way he just kind of tracks the ball and just seems to always have it fall where it needs to so as long as he is a little more unlike julio where he catches touchdowns. I I can't project that. I don't I don't know. That that hurts, man. I love <laughs> I love me some Julio and that that hurts. He's great. He just doesn't catch many touchdowns. That is accurate. In the fourth round they also got a defensive end, Rashad Weaver. Uh he's pretty good with his hands. Like he, he keeps guys off him when he's rushing the passer. Um he's really strong just not very good production he he's really disruptive but doesn't produce anything kind of like it reminds me of Jadavion Clowney who just left the team they're going to replace him with this guy who also doesn't get to the cornerback quarterback and finish so hey I mean that is worth something It, it is and but it's a fourth-round pick version of right. number one so overall pick, Jadavion Probably not going to be the disruptor that Jadavion Clowney is. Yeah, probably not. Hey, next we got a, a possible all-name team guy Ooh. in Racy McMath. Racy? Racy McMath. That one is interesting. Yeah, he's a wide receiver, and he is just like any other height, weight, speed guy out there. Doesn't run real great routes. 
I will tell you one thing, though. When I watched tape on him, he had some of the best special teams tape ever. Like, the dude is a special teams superhuman, and he's going to do that, and that's it. Probably, if I'd have to guess. And then they also got, in the sixth round, Brady Breeze, who's a safety. He not he lacks closing speed. Um, he actually has really good production in college. Like, he's a guy that he produced well on, on paper. He plays with a lot of brains, a lot of effort. He just doesn't have the skill to probably translate all the brains and effort he plays with. So, I don't, I don't know. That's that's their draft class. Is there anything specifically you want to talk about about them? Um. So, I'm actually kind of a big fan of the Titans. I I like the kind of the style of football that they play, but only specifically when the Titans play that, because like it's just a mixture of the head coach. And, like, the team embodying their head coach, like, to a T. Like, Mike Vrabel is this kind of just old-school, hard-nosed linebacker. And the team plays like that. And I really like that. And Derrick Henry is fantastic. I'm a really big fan of Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown. Um, Like, their, their offense is what every other run first play action deep shot type of offense is trying to be they are the best at it yeah having derrick henry helps a lot but i mean they they are very very good at what they do yeah and i mean on defense they have like they have some names you know like they they've always kind of had a lot of talent it's just never really worked all that well yep I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, he was drafted two years ago. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't tear his ACL in a pre-draft workout, probably would have been like a, been like a top 10 pick. Probably, yeah. And he's played like that. He yeah, has he's been fantastic. He's been really, NFL. really good. Um, They signed Bud Dupree, which I don't necessarily like that signing. I feel like Bud Dupree is kind of that guy who he had a very specific role in Pittsburgh. Yep. And if he went to a different team, they would be hoping that they could get that same player, but he's not going to be in the same kind of role, so he's not going to have that kind of production. I think they might actually transition to that kind of that kind of team though, that attacking 3-4. Cuz on the other side, they have Harold Landry who uh who did he play for before? I think it was just the Titans. I think it was but he's got, like, that speed pass rush off the edge, too. I think they might try to use him like uh, T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree last year, where they they have two speed guys coming off the edge and then solid interior guys that are going to kind of hold the pocket in. I think they might actually kind of play that type of defense this year. I mean, I, I really hope that their defense improves quite drastically because... It needs to. It needs to. I mean, they have... They have the weapons and they have the offense to win a lot of games. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I, I just, they got to put it all together, man. I yeah. Mean, yeah, they do. I do want to say, quick note, anybody that plays fantasy football, uh, keep your eye out for Josh Reynolds. Uh, he might he might score some points this year in fantasy. Why is that? Well, did you did you not see him last year in on the Rams team? He was producing just as well as like Cooper Cup and stuff for the longest time, and now he's the the number two wide receiver in uh, Tennessee. So until they get Julio. For right now, he is the number two wide receiver in Tennessee. So, Dylan, yo, are we on to our picks or what? Yeah, let's uh, let's let's do some predictions. What what kind of records are we thinking? Okay, so if we're gonna start with the Texans, I think it's only fair to say we, we we're allowed to do one with Watson and without Watson because it is such a huge difference. I think that's fair. Okay. So I'll start with my with Watson prediction. And that is, I think they'll go 5 and 10. 5 and 10? 5 and 12. Five I'm and sorry. 12. I misread that. Don't worry about it. I do math. Trust me. And without Watson, <laughs> I think they'll go 1 and 16. That's not good. They're bad. Yeah. They're a bad team. They're going to yeah. be bad for a while. They're going to be way worse this year. I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't think it matters who's playing quarterback. They're going to win four games. Okay. Three or four games. That's all they got. They'll fluke into a win or two here and there. I don't know. It might. If, I think it might be the Jacksonville Jaguars where they come out, win one, and everybody's like, oh, they're good. And, and then, then lose the rest. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go three. They're going to win three games. They're going to go, was it three and 14? Oof. That's Man, bad. That sounds terrible to say. Like predicting a team will get like be that bad. Yep. But also, I think you have to. Like, I mean, I think every other division we've done, all of them have been almost five hundred. We're predicting almost five hundred for for both the AFC and the NFC West teams. Yeah. Except for you, there's a couple you didn't like. Yeah. There's more of that coming eventually here. <laughs> uh, how about the Colts? What do you got for the Colts? Indy. Indy. Um, I don't trust Carson Wentz, but with the rest of the talent, good offense, good offensive line, decent weapons, decent skill positions, good defense. Yep. The best kicker in the league. I was going to say, you're missing something. <laughs> they should win. I think they'll win at least nine games alone with below average quarterback play. Yep. So I think if Carson Wentz can play average, like that that is my expectations for Carson Wentz. Like that is that is what I want him to be. Like I I'm that's my ceiling for for Wentz is he's going to be average. I think that's a fairly good ceiling. Like you can expect so, probably average I, or around average. I think they'll get about I'm going to say 10 wins as long as Carson Wentz isn't a complete dumpster fire. Awesome. So I have I have a seven. little more belief in Carson, but only one win more, <laughs> 11 and 6. I mean, his his bad play has been a little bit more of a trend than you want to 
than you want to believe. I'm not saying it's not a trend. So, I don't know. It was only one year of that terrible play. Sure, but it was going downhill the year before that. I don't know, man. Yep. I know what I'm doing. So 11 and 6? Yep. All right. Jaguars. Jacksonville. Hey, they got their quarterback of the future. It's going to be rough. They got their running back of the future. They already had James Robinson. They didn't need him. They got nine draft picks who will help this team. They did a shit ton of turnover in the roster. They will win five games. Six games. I got five. Six and 11. It's not going to be spectacular first year, guys. Trevor Lawrence Lawrence might be okay. Yeah, he's not going to be like blow the world away, though, because the, the, the talent around him doesn't allow for that. Well, I, I think it'd be more the defense because his line is fine. It's fine. They got some good skill positions. Fine. They got probably a decent running game. Their offense could be okay. It could, be, although it could be a college offense, and we have no idea what the fuck it's going to look like. So, hey, if they run a college offense, Trevor Lawrence is really good at throwing screens. He's really good at RPOs too. Yeah, like he might be the best screen passer of all time. And hey, that's a skill. That's a skill. That is a skill. Tennessee Titans, I think I'm going to differ from you on this one. The Titans. Oh man. What do you got? I'm going to I'm going to throw mine out there at the end. I'll give them 11. Oh, I'm not that different. I'll give I'm them going 11. 12 think, and 5. Really? Yeah. You think I think the defense is going to improve that much? I think they're winning the division. I think their defense will be okay enough to win the division and then out in the first round again. Let's go. Probably. But so and here, here's why I put them with 11. They had the 28th-ranked defense last year. Yep, 26 they, this year. Woo, let's and go. they still won 10 games. Yep. Because their offense is... Their what? offense is that good. Uh, third? Yeah, third. That's fine. That's pretty fucking good. So That's fine. Hey, I don't do know. you have I, the turnover margin, by the way? Yeah, so uh, Tennessee, even with one of the worst defenses in the league, they had the best turnover margin in the league at a plus 11. You, Derrick Henry doesn't fumble. He doesn't. And Tannehill they, doesn't throw interceptions. Because they don't give him the ball more than he's able to work with. But he's, but they're efficient. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Efficiency is key with that. Like, if you're only throwing the ball 20, 20 times a game? 20, 25 times. You don't have a whole lot of opportunities to fuck it up. And with Julio, wow. they can throw the ball more. Calm down. Hey, with Julio, they're going 17-0. and 0, Just calling it. <laughs> yeah, just, just calling it right now. But no. <laughs> he can um, play defense, too. Let's go. But, I mean, Tennessee was the best turnover margin in the league. And Indianapolis was right behind them at second best in the league with a plus 10. Okay. So I mean, we we all knew that it was that it's going to be a battle for the division between the Titans and the Colts. I think it just kind of comes down to which team plays better. You, yep. the big you know the big question mark for Indianapolis is how was Carson Wentz? Is he broken? Is he not? And with the Titans, it's the exact same story that it's been for the last couple of years. Is the defense going to be decent enough in order to stop people in? like late game situations. Are they going to be able to get that one stop that they need to win the game? Is Mike Vrabel going to have to suit up to make that defense work? Man, I would love that. <laughs> I think that that's would a be, big man out there. That would be hilarious. Him taking off like uh pull away pants and he rips them off well, and then he, he gets some he shoulder rips, pads on. Rips off the headset. 
throws on some shoulder pads, gets a number that nobody has, just throws on a jersey, goes out there and hits somebody. Yeah, that'd be great. Or miss because he's probably not fast anymore. Uh, he also probably has some concussions that are throwing off the vision and stuff. He's a pretty hard nosed guy. But if he got a hold of somebody, they would not. They would not <laughs> be going anywhere. No, they wouldn't. He but all right, a, he's a large dude. That is going to do it for the show today. Thank you so very much for listening. Hey, I just want to throw in there before we end it. If you listen to this podcast, hey, please share it with your friends. It doesn't take you any time. Just throw it up there. Say, hey, check this out. It really helps us out. And hey, we appreciate it. So, uh, do we want to? Do we want to plug our? Oh, hey, we could probably do that. Yeah. So we got a Twitter. It's at football hole. Nice. We got a Facebook page at watering hole. The water, watering hole football podcast. Yep. That's what I said. Pretty much. We have an email. If you want to get in touch with us through email at, um, watering hole football at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us some more, uh, video or podcast ideas. It's great to hear. Ask us love questions. We want to answer some questions. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, let's end it there, I suppose. Share the pod, like the pod, review the pod, do all the pod stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.